Hello, Impact Christian Church, and welcome. God bless you all abundantly. My name's Alan Schwartz, and I'll be speaking on Genesis 22, 1 through 24. Let's open our Bibles now. Genesis 22, 1 through 4 says, Sometimes later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We'll worship, then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb and the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there, and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld me from your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Nahar's sons. Sometime later, Abraham was told, Milcah is also a mother. She has borne sons to your brother Nahar, as the firstborn, Buzz's brother Kimil, the father of Aram, Kizad, Hazapildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. Milcah bore these eight sons to Abraham's brother Nahar. His concubine, whose name was Remu, also had sons Tabu, Gaham, Tahash, and Makkah. Those names are quite hard, aren't they? Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day. Thank you for every father here. Thank you for the responsibilities that we're called to have, Father God, and one of those being trusting you, Lord, trusting you with our lives, trusting you with all of our possessions and everything that we have. Let us be the spiritual leaders that we're called to be, Father God, more than ever before, as you see in churches and places that, in fact, we're doing the complete opposite, and our faith, our trust, and our walk with you, to be completely honest, is weak. And change that, Father God. We love you. 
let us trust you with our lives and with everything that you've blessed us with, since all possessions yours anyways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, this was really challenging. For me, trust in things and uh, in my life sometimes is hard when you don't see an end result with things. And I believe that a lot of you have gone through that or will go through that one day in your life. And so with that being said, with the show of hands, have you ever done anything that the Lord was telling you to do that was extremely difficult? Me, I have. Now at the same time, with the show of hands, have you ever not done something that was extremely hard that the Lord told you to do? I've done that too. Now today with this long passage, I'm going to try to talk as fast as possible. But today I want to talk about how God demands us to have faith that is fully surrendered, willing to sacrifice and forfeit everything we have in order to trust and obey Christ. You understand in this passage, Abraham had the faith to trust God and obey God, even meaning to sacrifice his one and only son. Would you give up your one and only son or any of your children or spouse or loved one if God told you to do so? Now, when I share today, I want you to really take time to think about what I'm asking. Would you really do that? We're taught by prospering teachers all the time. If you just believe and have enough faith, then your life will be good. Your finances will be taken care of. Your health will be taken care of. Um, hello. Can you see? Uh, that hasn't happened yet. And that's furthest thing from the truth. God isn't a genie. He doesn't work that way. That's easy faith. Wouldn't everybody believe if that was the case? And that's why I believe so many people are hurting and are upset at the church because a lot of teachers and pastors preach, if you just have enough faith, then your finances will be better. If you just have enough faith, but that's not the truth at all. That's not the truth at all. And first in your notes, faith is the willingness to give up everything. If you're at home, it's faith is willingness to give up everything. Second in your notes, if you're writing down, I hope you do at home. Faith is the willingness to sacrifice everything you have. And probably the most challenging But next in your notes is faith is the willingness to follow Christ when nothing seems to be going right. Um, There's three different commands that God does here in these passages, 1 through 24. The first one, which is verses 1 through 12, is what God demanded from Abraham. Verses 13 and 14 is what God provided And verses 15 through 24 is what God promised. And we'll go through these three things. God demanded, what God provided, and what God promised. Um, As we look back at verse 1, we see that Abraham, earlier on the chapter, he was on the mountain of Moriah, where he was going to sacrifice his only son Isaac, where the Lord said, you're going to sacrifice your son here on Mount Moriah. Just trust me. And so, have any of you been on a mountain top you've just been blessed abundantly maybe you just bought a new house a new car and you're so blessed but yet not much later you find yourself in a pit ball in a valley again where your faith is yet again tested well the ultimate test of faith 
is when you trust the Lord in the darkest of times, when life puts you in a pickle, much like Abraham was with Isaac. Next in your notes, even the darkest skies can't stop God's light. If you've been outside and it's been such a dark night, you see the beautiful stars, they shine so bright. It's much like Jesus. If, you, if you're in a dark room, you put on a flashlight, it will shine right past that darkness. No matter what giants come your way, whatever giants you're faced with, Jesus' light will shine right through it. Time and time again. Once again, this is the same thing going on with Abraham that we see in this passage. He was on the top of a mountain, yet he was faced with the biggest test of his life. Some of us may, some of us may not know this, but Moses wrote this passage. And right off the bat, he writes, God tested Abraham. Some of us this morning uh, were tested right away, right when we woke up. Uh, Some of us tested maybe coffee spilling on us. Maybe not making it here today to church, maybe having car issues, or you're fighting with your spouse, whatever the case may be. God doesn't expect, this is something to clarify, God doesn't expect, nor does he want Abraham to actually hurt or kill his son, or even harm him. But it's simply a test, a very challenging test from the Lord to see if he will simply trust God enough, even meaning with his most precious possession and God says we hear it later on which says do not lay a hand on the boy he says do not do anything to him now now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son your only son in verse 1 and 2 God demands Abraham he says here I am he replied then God said take your son your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show you. What Abraham has to do at this point in time, he's going to have to look straight into his son's eyes, who he loves so much, and he's going to have to kill him. So he thinks he's going to have to kill him. And he trusts God that he's going to use this for his glory and for a good plan to prosper him. So he continues to go forward with this demand that Jesus Christ has for him. And so Moriah, actually, the Mount Moriah is where Solomon built the temple. And God made this location important. God wants him to do the unthinkable, something we can't even grasp as parents, as fathers, as mothers. Now, next in your notes is what if you were told by God to do the unthinkable, the unimaginable. Again, what if you were told by God to do the unthinkable, the unimaginable? What if you, for instance, were told by God to sell your home, leave your grandchildren, leave your family that you love so much, leave your house you love so much, everything you know, you were born, raised, and you love this place, go on a plane furthest east that the plane could go until I, the Lord, Stops the plane. This is where I want you to be. And on top of that, you don't know the language barrier. You don't know any of it. But trust me with your life that I'll take care of it. You would think that the Lord just went off his rocker. You'd probably be sweating and saying, Lord, I don't know if I could do this. I think you're straight up tripping. 
But he calls this for Abraham. He tells Abraham to do the unthinkable, the unimaginable with his son. In verse 3, we see the trust that Abraham had in God because without hesitation, Abraham follows God's demand early the next morning, it says. It's important to read that early the next morning, Abraham got up, he loaded his donkey, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. It's not like he's like, hey, I'm going to leave my son behind. Maybe the Lord will forget. No, he took his son Isaac, he took his donkey and he cut enough wood for the burnt offering and he set out for the place that God had told them about. In verse 4, it, it says, On the third day, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. So it was three days of traveling from Beersheba, where he was first located, to Mount Moriah, where God had a special place where he wanted to sacrifice his son, where this test was going to take place. And there was still no changing his mind. In the three days, he it, from Beersheba to Mount Moriah, it's not like they had Del Taco to stop at. And he just went direct flight. Direct donkey. In verse 5 it says, He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We'll worship and then we'll come back to you. Now read this. This is so important to read this context together because it says while I and the boy go over there. Catch this. We will worship and then we will come back to you. What Abraham believes here is he believes that he can go through the sacrifice of his son, yet God will in fact still raise him from the dead. And God will be victorious even over this circumstance and that they'll be safe and okay. I want to share with you this today in your notes. Whatever you are facing, God will be victorious. Now keep that with you. And what I mean by that is God will fight your battles for you. He will beat any challenge that comes your way when you choose to trust him. When you choose to trust him is the important thing there. In verse 6 it says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. He placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and knife as the two of them went on together. Now, at this point in time, Isaac knew something was going on, but he still didn't know exactly what it was. But Abraham, with the knife that he had, he he had a butcher knife, guys. This wasn't like a pocket knife. No, he was a herdsman, actually. Abraham was. And it was the same knife that he used to kill the animals that he had that he was going to use to slay his son, Isaac. In verse 7, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac and, and the servants never thought God asked for this demand. It was a mystery that, that God could demand this much. No way, no way. But in verse 8, it says Abraham answered God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. They continued their journey. Abraham knew. Abraham knew that God would provide exactly what he needed to do this. And in verse 9, it says, when they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. 
What's interesting to me is Isaac doesn't leave and he knows something's going to happen now. At this point in time, his, his father Abraham ties his hands together. That's what binding means. It means his hands are tied together. He can't escape. He can't leave. But then we read in verses 10 through 12 that Abraham has passed the test that the Lord called him to pass. This extremely unthinkable, unimaginable test. Verse 10 through 12 says, Then he reached out his hand, took the knife, as you can imagine, to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld me from your son, your only son. God did not demand for Abraham to put Isaac to death. Once again, God demanded the willingness to forfeit everything to trust and obey Christ. The thing is, God did not and doesn't only do this for Abraham and demand this from Abraham, but all of us. He demands all of this from us. God demanded all of Abraham's blessings to be on that altar. The things he loved most and Abraham did it. And for that trust, God saved Isaac. God calls us. What does he call us to do? To take up our cross and follow him. The cross is a place where you go, right? And you don't come back. What I mean by that is you go on the cross and the old you is gone and the new one is here to stay. It's here to stay. Next in your notes. Everything you have and love is God's. Everything you have and love is God's. He lends you your children. He lends you your wife. He lends you your job. He lends you your finances. He Christ gave you everything, and it's his in the first place. Next in your notes, I'll go a little slow. It's kind of long. If we lose a job, are we okay with it? Because we value the Lord's pleasure over our security and value his plans for me over our comfort. If God tells us to give to someone when we are hurting, will we do it? If God tells us to do something, will we do it? Even if it's hard to do? Even when we ourselves are struggling, but God tells us to do it. First Peter 1, 6-7 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. For some of us, it's really unique when trials come our way. For some of you here watching, it's unique when trials aren't coming your way and when you're not in the middle of a trial. But it should not be unique when trials come our way because God is going to give us plenty of opportunities to test if our faith is genuine. 
or not. And he's going to give us plenty of opportunities to share to others. And sometimes it's not even by sharing the word of God. It's by sharing by others seeing our actions and how we live our life. And that gets people asking questions. Are you a believer? Maybe something's different about this person, whatever the case may be. Now, I have a question. Are you ready to go wherever, whenever, and however God takes you? Are you ready for that? Everything I talk about today, let's sink this in as a believer. Let's grow from it and trust God with our lives. Now, many of us are baptized, and that's wonderful. I hope we get a lot more people baptized today. And that's a great start. But now we must prove that we're baptized. And not by the certificate saying you're baptized in Impact Christian Church, but by your actions. Many proclaim we are Christians, meaning Christ-like. Now we must prove it by our actions. It's one thing to say something. It's another to do something. Next in your notes, God will give us blessings. This is so important, please. But we may have to give those blessings up. Are you ready and willing to do so? Man, you might have something of a possession of yours as your house. Maybe it's your job, your career. And God's saying you got to give it up. It's time to move on. Or you're going to lose a job maybe in the future. Are you going to be okay? Are you still going to trust God? It doesn't mean you won't have days or months of crying. It doesn't mean you won't question. But are you going to still trust God that he is who he says he is? Are you going to still trust and instill your faith in Christ Jesus? Because, you guys, the real testing of our faith isn't when we receive blessings. And when life is so easy and when we're able to smile all the time. No, it's when we're in those valleys and peaks and when we're going through hell with no end in sight. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 says, Faith, Abraham, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. As I said earlier in verse 5, Abraham had the faith that God would resurrect Isaac from the dead. And is why he said earlier in chapter in verse 5 that he, we will come back. We will come back because I know what God told me and I trust him that we will come back from the dead just like how Jesus Christ came back from the dead. Now that we know what God demanded, let's look what God provided in verses 13 and 14. It says, Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. You understand faith is sure that God has already provided what we already can't, what we already afford. What we can't already afford. Let me say that again. Faith is sure that God has already provided what we can't already 
afford. Faith is sure of things that we can't see, yet we trust God anyways. Faith is sure of God's greatness when we don't understand it, when we don't even sometimes maybe see the evidence of it in our lives by the trials we're going through, but we can always cling on to the cross. In these two verses, when Abraham said, here you go, Lord, here is my son Isaac, the Lord said, I know, I provided him, I provided it. It wasn't by accident that the ram was there because God provided it as well. Now we see what God demanded and provided. Now let's continue and see what God promised. In verses 15 through 18, it says, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sea on the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. All these things you told me that you would do, Abraham, you did it. You stood the test. You passed it. You got an A plus and you did them. So now the Lord is going to bless you abundantly. That's what the Lord says. I am going to bless you abundantly for keeping your command. And Abraham, this is important, was called to remember God's promise through Isaac. Your offspring will be named. Your offspring will be named. Abraham, do you believe this, is what the Lord says. And if you do, then I give it to you. Here, it's all yours. Verses 19 through 24 says, Then Abraham returned to his servants. They set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Now Nahar's sons, some time later Abraham was told, Milcah is also a mother. She has borne sons to your brother Nahar. As the firstborn... Booz, his brother, Camille, the father of Aram, Kazad, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlath, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah, the normal name right there. Milcah bore these eight sons to Abraham's brothers, Nahor. His concubine, whose name was Ramil, also had sons, Tabah, Gaham, Tahash, and Makkah. What's so cool about this passage is there's a huge correlation here with this passage and also with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The difference, though, is what God did with Isaac was a test. But what God asked Jesus to do was for all mankind and for you and I and for our sins so we could have everlasting life and go to heaven with him. He went through with it. God was willing to give his one and only son up that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It was a mystery to Isaac and, and the servants, you know, it was a, it wasn't a mystery though to Jesus. He knew that he was going to be belittled, he would be crucified, spit, betrayed, but he also knew he was going to raise from the dead three days later. Now remember that wood that Abraham brought, that it was going to be on his son's back, Isaac's back, Abraham's son's back, Isaac. 
Instead, that piece of wood Jesus would use to go to the hill of Calvary and carry our sins on his back for you and for me. It's pretty interesting. Pretty remarkable. Only something that our Lord and Savior could do. Jesus not only believed God with his life, but he also believed him with his death. Now, Jesus, of course, he could have stopped it. He could have called an angel to stop it, but he went through with it. He could have stopped it himself. But in Isaac's case, he provided a lamb. And for our case, God provided a lamb. It was the lamb of God because he is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God is so good. Jesus had faith that is fully surrendered, willing to forfeit everything we have to trust and obey. Are you willing to do the same here today? And not just once, not just twice, for the rest of our lives. I want to leave you with this. Are you obedient to God? Do you trust him? Are you trusting God wholeheartedly to the point where you would be willing to give up and sacrifice everything you have? Everything you have, yet still trust God. Would you do that? Fathers here today, man, it's a blessing to be one. I know I'm short on time, but God bless you and thank you for all you fathers do. And just remember that we are have huge responsibilities. We're called to be the spiritual leader in our house. And too many times I see us being weak. And I hope that we held high our standards and that we do that. And that we make our wives a priority, our spouses a priority. And that's by spending time with them. God bless you all abundantly. Um, right now I'm going to pray and then do the time of invitation. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for today. I'm so thankful for Father's Day as we have two miracle children, Father God, and I have you as my ultimate father to go to for any problems. I thank you for you doing the ultimate sacrifice. I pray that we trust you, Lord, like we've never trusted you before. I pray that we have renewed strength that we've never had before. I pray for all those, including myself, Father God, who need healing, that you would heal us. I pray all who need healing spiritually, Father God, that you would give a grip of our hearts. I pray for revival, which takes home in the house, Father God. That's where it starts and in our hearts. I pray that we see so many people come to know Christ throughout the weeks, the months, the years, Father God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right now, there's going to be uh, two names on the TV, prayer counselors. And I know some of us have been living in sin, and not just sin, but we're living in sin continuously. And, you know, you've tried to be happy by doing certain things, maybe drugs or different addictions, trying to fill your void with the wrong things. But I'm here today to share with you, it's time to trust. It's time to trust God that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so if that's the case or you need prayer of any kind, please don't hesitate to call us. Or if you want to make a decision for Christ today, we would love that. God bless you guys abundantly. And happy Father's Day to all you fathers. 
and fight the good fight.